0: Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, and Luba Workers' Com. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business,
1: New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Since Mad Men became one of the most popular shows on TV, we've all become experts on the history of American advertising. Here in New Orleans, advertising has its own history. Uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today are both a part of that history and of the current local advertising, branding, and marketing industry. Josh Mayer is Chief Creative Officer of Peter Mayer Advertising. Peter Mayer was Josh's dad. He founded the firm in 1967, and before joining it, Josh worked in advertising in New York, Bangkok, and on accounts like Kodak, Burger King, McDonald's, Mobile Oil, and many others. Uh, Josh, welcome Out to Lunch. Thank you. I'm proud to be here. <laughs> My other Lunch guest was part of another New Orleans advertising dynasty. That's Keating McGee. Before going out on her own and founding the full-service public relations company Gamble Communications, Betsy Gamble has, among many achievements, been recognized with awards from the public relations society of america the prestigious press club and the international association of business communicators uh, betsy welcome to out to lunch
0: thank you peter it's fun to be here
1: now josh tv advertising is probably one of the most pervasive and influential art forms mankind has ever created uh, for better or worse more people have seen a coke commercial than a play by shakespeare <laughs> or a painting by picasso very often TV commercials are more creative than the shows they're sandwiched into. Uh, Going to work every day, sitting in a room with a bunch of people and dreaming this stuff up, would seem like a fantasy job to most of us. How much of your day is actually spent creating the ads?
2: Oh, uh, the actual creation of the ads? Very little. Um, Creating the environment where other people can create it? A lot. Uh, So, um, I seem like I'm more like the uh, the pot, then the soup these days, keeping things hot and, and letting the, we were talking before we were on the air, but our staff are so, you know, both of our companies is so talented. So our jobs as we've moved up through the ranks is now to really provide the atmosphere and the culture that these people can do great work. But is it fun to sit and listen and participate? It's absolutely fun. Uh, it's more critical than you'd think it is creative because you're always trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong but it, but it is a lot of fun
0: I think one of the things <laughs> in speaking with young professionals and um, I have an office full of um, young women you know we're an all-female office but um, to explain to them the creativity is fantastic as long as it is strategic and that's so important for these young professionals to understand as they you know, brainstorm and come up with these fabulous ideas, but we have to remember that it's got to be strategic and help our clients achieve their goals.
1: Now, Betsy, your specialty is in public relations, uh, that whole end of marketing. One of the interesting aspects of what you do, and I don't know whether I should use the word manipulate the media, but you have a... <laughs> yeah, let not use that. Yes, <laughs> there's probably another term there. You may have a better <laughs> one. But it's your ability to get big news outlets like USA Today and the New York Times and the Washington Post to take an interest in your clients and write about them without giving away any corporate secrets. How the heck do you do that?
0: Well, you know, PR is really all about relationships. It's relationships with your client, it's relationships with media, with community, with um, the political leadership. You know, so we always work very hard at building relationships and trust so that when I have a story to pitch to the New York Times, I know exactly who to pitch it to, they know me, Um, even on a local level, even so sometimes even more important for us than the national level, you know, to call an assignment editor and say, hi, it's Betsy. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. And and they are so um, appreciative when we think of them and we are so appreciative of them always covering our stories. So it's that strengthening and cultivating relationships that makes our job um, effective. And what about
1: clients? Uh, clients that, that, wanna, that get interviewed by the media. One of the things, we actually have a course on this at Tulane, in the business school, but so many business people just say, oh, just, just, I don't want to talk to them. It's going to be bad.
0: Do you have to train people to work with the media? Well, sometimes we do. We do something called media training. It's, it's as simple as that. There's some misconceptions about, um, about PR, you know, even from a client side, and we have to educate them. One is that, um, they're going to be able to control the message, um, and tell the, reporter exactly what to say or what to write how about and this then one you ever do this one where <laughs> they
1: say you interview people and they say uh can I hear the final cut and right, pr- approve right. it for us? No, you can't do right. that. Right. <laughs> or can
0: I can I prove the final yes. story? No. And so, no, if you need to control the message 100%, control the placement, you buy an ad, five right? Five. <laughs> 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 um, but we we really work to make our clients to help guide them through the interview process and so that they're not caught off guard and they're very comfortable with, with what they say.
1: Well, Josh, let me ask, when a client comes to you, um, do they often... T- oftentimes have a very good idea of what they want this, uh, the campaign to look like or is it, I've got this problem, help us?
2: Yeah, it's more the latter than the former. It's more of a business problem or a business situation that we're trying to solve. So as, as, as uh, you alluded in your first question about you know, creativity and brainstorming, that's the very end of a long process of, like Betsy said, being very strategic. You know, we do discovery, find out what is the problem, what are, the, what are your peers doing? Uh, what are you doing wrong, what are you doing right? Um, so it, uh, it, it's, a, it's a process uh, and it is a, a, a long process rather than a short process. But um, the, you know, as, as Betsy alluded to this and I think it's true. There's so much more discipline and strategy in what we do than what is depicted in, in popular media like Mad Men. I mean, it would be very boring for them to, <laughs> to show what really happens. <laughs> but, but it all is fodder and you can't st- skip a step if you want to be strategically sound. Right.
0: And to piggyback on what Josh is saying, that research really forms the foundation of what we do, whether it's you know from a PR standpoint, or marketing, advertising, um, we really look at research to determine what direction to go. That's right. either primary research, yeah. secondary mm-hmm.
2: research, you can go right. field your own interviews, you can, right. I mean the internet has changed everything for us because so much data is available mm-hmm. that you can make hypotheses now that you couldn't make 10 years ago because the data's there. Have you become more quantitative? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Everybody's become more yeah. quantitative. <laughs> yeah. uh, clients will say, all oh, right, is this gonna work? Tell me why you say that we need to do this and you can show them. Um, now there's still the, the art part of it. There's still, if people feel this way, we think if you position yourself this way, they will you know, like it. There's still a bit of art, but you've got so much more data that you can use, so much more.
0: And to quantify things from a PR end, um, it used to be people looked at the number of impressions that appeared about a PR story or something like that. People aren't doing that quite as much. They're using criteria that might be more meaningful to them. For example, we represent a lot of nonprofits, and they may be more interested in how much money a campaign generates for fundraising, or how the attendance at their events, that's things the like that. that they and care that, about right? Yeah. yeah. And that's so, how they're measuring success. Yes. Right. Yeah.
2: That's the beauty of it. You asked that yeah. question earlier about like sort of clients come with you. The the really sharp clients come to you with a real problem that can be measured, right? Mm-hmm. They say, "Here's my problem." Let's measure where we are now and let's, here's the benchmark that I'm going to use to judge whether we're successful. You want that. We always ask this question, and I'm sure Betsy asks it the same way, which, we're in a different way, but the okay. same point is, what's a touchdown look like to you? Yeah. What does that look like? You need to define that for us so that we can align ourselves with your goals too. And that's the great thing about a job is, you go from meeting to meeting, client to client, You learn about the most amazing businesses in one single day, and your mind switches. That's the tricky part, is to switch from Zatarain's Rice to CenturyLink uh, Telecom to yet another client, and you're having to jump all the way and go, all right, what's the metric again? Okay, how do we get there, right?
0: Yeah, and to that end, (laughs) I think the most exciting part of our jobs is that multitasking and learning about so many different disciplines and industries. Yeah. I mean, they, I can speak on just about yeah. anything with some sense of knowledge, You're right? Fun Josh? At parties, you know? right? You know, <laughs> <you've> got, <laughs> oh, yeah. a couple yeah. of paragraphs. We, and we know a yeah. little bit about oh, all right. right. A lot of things, <laughs> but yeah. Um, PR is a lot more than fluff and parties and, and cocktails, which to the outsider sometimes it feels like that you know but it it's it's amazing and i don't know that i could ever go back to a singular focus having right. had right. just this just this cadre of great clients i wanted
1: to ask you both this question is you hear people say any publicity is good publicity is that true or is that just kind of a a throwaway sentence in the industry. Right? It's not true? I think it's <laughs> I think it's a throwaway. Okay. Um that's like saying sex sells. that's yeah, not necessarily true. No, oh it doesn't. Geez, um, that's the other thing I thought. Nah, <laughs> no.
0: No. Um, we we do we go to great lengths to keep things out of the press sometimes. And um, your name plastered um, aligned with something very negative. It, it could take it could take eons to fix that and correct it.
1: What do you do if um, if your company is is being attacked by a couple of folks somewhere? Where where do you go, I mean, particularly on social media?
0: It it really, it depends on to what extent it is. Um, We represent several restaurants and hotels that are often in um, social media conversations. And sometimes somebody might complain about the parking or the the food or, um, you know, the bed was lumpy or whatever. In situations like that, it's much easier to target the response to the person who has registered a complaint and we we do it on a you know go back to relationships you try to create a relationship with that person give them something satisfactory um for an answer or a resolution and then usually they're fine you know if it's something more substantial um then it it takes a, a lot of more massaging of that relationship and sometimes the best answer is to ignore it because people, the consumer is pretty savvy and knows that um, what's being said on social media is a person's opinion. Um, but you have to take each case on a, on a you know, one-to-one basis. Uh, This is the
1: time we we do our Pay It Forward segment. That's where we Ah. ask our guests to generously uh, use their experience and expertise to help an entrepreneur with a new business. And today we're talking about a new company called Clear the Clutter. Uh, Founder Stacia Symes describes herself as a holistic professional organizer who specializes in decluttering and downsizing for those who are feeling overwhelmed by the amount of stuff in their homes, that, I would definitely be that guy. <laughs> the, uh, this is Stacy's second year in business, and she's in the process of hiring her first employee, which is uh, quite a step. Congrat- congratulations. Yikes. Uh, her clients currently come from having uh, a grade A business on Angie's List, advertising in holistic magazine, Natural Awakenings. Uh, being active on Facebook. And Stacia is the founder of Local Ladies Night Out, a monthly social networking group that spotlight, spotlights female entrepreneurs. Uh, so she is, she is definitely out there. Now, Stacia has a, a marketing question for you two marketing experts, uh, Betsy and Josh. Um, she writes and asks us, what are the two most cost-effective actions I could take that would begin to help me double the size of my client base? And we, I know you both checked out her website, and looked up a few things. Um, Where do you, want to start with Betsy? Where would you start?
0: Sure. She's my (laughs) kind (laughs) of girl. You just want to go
1: out to local ladies' nights out with her. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um,
0: The thing that struck me about her website is she says, to let go of those things that no longer serve you. And what a great mantra. You know, surround your people with people that bring you joy and happiness and so forth. Um, Something that we do, routinely when, you know, when it makes strategic sense for our clients is something called cause marketing. And that is aligning yourself with the nonprofit. And you get the benefit of their doing some marketing for you you're doing good for the community and it's also good for your business. So it's the whole adage, doing good is good for business. And so I would recommend to Stacy that she really look at some strategic partnerships, whether it's with retirement communities, um, like Poitras Home or Belleville Assisted Living, that when people move into them, she can assist them in purging and organizing and, and learning to live a different lifestyle. Also partnering with um, with with small um, like children's stores and so forth. One of her areas of expertise is creating age-appropriate bedrooms and play areas. So partnering some, with somebody like Zuka Baby or um, the Magic Box um, to work with them to dis- to determine what are those educational milestones and so forth that that you can um, really incorporate into an organized room for your child. So using that cause marketing, um, and um, because we think PR is probably the most cost-effective of the marketing disciplines, Um, trying to get more stories placed about what she's doing, um, creating a rich media list, creating those relationships with media that we've talked about. Um, All of that will really help draw traffic to her business and position her as an expert in the field.
1: I wouldn't have thought of any of those, and that's why you're who you are. (laughs) Those are (laughs) good. What about I thought Josh? the idea
2: of like with a uh, retirement home is a brilliant idea. There's people that really have to move into a much smaller
1: Well, trailer. but also because exactly. then you're
2: reaching the target audience of really their right. kids who are right. bringing them there. And they're saying, well, if you did that for mom or dad, right. you know, I've got this garage. Can, <laughs> right. you know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And that's a good alignment. Um, yeah. Mine's a bit more mundane. I think, I think what, what Betsy said is right. I looked around at some of her competition just in New Orleans. There's a company called NOLA Clutterbusters there's clutter clearer, and um, those people actually show up um, earlier in Google search than she does. Oh. Uh, so there's a little work to be done for her. And there,
1: what is that work, by the way?
2: Well, I, she needs to get some SEO. She needs to get search engine optimization for her for her website. But here's one of the things why she's not is Nola Clutterbusters has both a video and a newsletter sign-up. So. Um, she needs to, what she really needs to, in my opinion, simple, is um, she needs to obviously build up her email list. And she needs to have an email marketing program. Really simple, once a week, a tip of the week of how you can clear clutter at your house. Because I, I, my theory on this is you, uh, you never know when you're in the market for cleaning clutter. So you've got to be hitting these, your potential clients all the time weekly. Um, weekly WEA and W (laughs) E, just a mild little tap on the shoulder because at some point, you never know, it's not seasonal, someone's going to go, all right, I've had enough, I want to clean this clutter. So you need to have a recency of top of mind awareness that, you know, I did get this email from this woman about tips about how do I keep my kitchen cabinets clutter free, let me give them a call. So I think if she had a little email sign up and then sent out a little simple tip of the week, to an ever-growing email list, I think her business would grow.
0: And what she yes. can do is take those messages that she puts out and and apply them to her social media. And she really needs to to increase her number of followers and, and engagement on on social media. Right. But to do promotions so that people will have a chance to win an hour of her time, right. or to provide right. gift certificates at auctions, um, that you know the. People, you who know, have Right, <laughs> right. <Go to. laughs> you know, and, so, and that doesn't cost her really Hard anything, to. you know. So,
2: those are all good below the yeah, line ideas. They are. Right. Ideas. They're simple right. for her. Um, she's got a good little business. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing, and this is, I don't want to be mean to her, but her website's a little cluttered. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind weird because we always, yeah, it is. We all, and Betsy and I were talking to you a little yeah. bit earlier about being true to your brand and being authentic. I think her website needs to be a little clean, cleaner of the clutter, and that will help her live her brand a little bit more.
0: Right. I love the way she used testimonials on that website, especially somebody like Lally Brennan. Right. They, yeah. So if she can get some name recognized. And I thought those right. should have been
2: video testimonials. Yeah,
0: they should have but, been. But okay. Right. <laughs> and
2: so we just looked into it a little bit, Peter. <laughs> <Right>. We barely <laughs> looked into it. <that. laughs> These are great right. She does
0: a great job on before and after pictures on her Facebook page, mm-hmm. but it's not replicated on her website. Right. So that would be another opportunity yep. to use
2: Kind of a no-brainer or a, a, a first step for low-hanging fruit is you do coordinate all your online efforts mm-hmm. to maximize what Google's yeah. um, uh, algorithm is going to find on search. So you do tie in what you do on your website to your Facebook, mm-hmm. to your Twitter. She's a natural for mm-hmm. Pinterest as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, things like that. That all um, organically move you up in search.
1: And can I ask you, um, when you make contacts, like you were saying, periodic contacts every week or so, uh, is there, a, there must be a line, right, where you, you contact people a little too much and they view it as an aggravation. Now, how do you know where that is? It-
0: well, one thing that you can do is look at your Google, your analytics, right. and and see if there's a decline, and see what your, your high points are, your low points are, what that content was, right. and it's going to be, Different for different companies
2: in different categories. Yeah. sometimes you want to be touched every week. sometimes you want to be touched once a year. It's, yeah it's not this, there's not a golden rule for that.
0: Yeah so it's sort of a yeah. judgment call and you just you're helping um, by looking at the analytics.
2: And, and being helpful as opposed to being a nuisance. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And something
0: that we tell our clients about social media is don't always talk about yourself.
2: Don't talk much about yourself.
0: (laughs) Maybe 10% of the time should be about yourself, whereas 60% of the time should be things of interest and maybe 30% about about your industry. So that's just sort of a guideline, you know, it's not cut and dry, but it's certainly a, a help. Just like at a cocktail party, you wouldn't want to talk to someone right. only about, you you're talking about yourself. Yes, you, they, uh, know. you mean I shouldn't do that? No, you
1: shouldn't do that, Josh. <laughs> Josh is going to no get out. <laughs> <little
0: Right>. <laughs> you're that wallflower, right, Josh? <laughs> right. That's <me.
1: laughs> Betsy Gamble, Josh Mayer. It has been great having you as guests on Out to Lunch today. This is one show that I was not worried about. Having two of New Orleans' leading advertising and public relations practitioners on the show, we knew you'd come out looking great. Uh, how do you think we did by the way do you think I think we did
2: alright yeah. I, I think you need to uh, enlarge the show to an hour and
1: a
0: half uh, no. Oh, <laughs> Betsy and oh, I have a
1: lot to say right oh. plus
0: we have to catch up too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true that
1: I knew we'd get this out of it Josh Betsy thank you for joining me on Out to Lunch thanks Peter you're great my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Betsy Gamble from Gamble Communications and Josh Mayer from Peter Mayer Advertising to find out more about how Betsy can get you into the New York Times or how <laughs> Josh can sell you to the world follow the links on our websites www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. The vivacious Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our website, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org support for out to lunch comes from presonus audio electronics presonus makes studio one music production software studio live digital mixing consoles era studio monitors and more more information about baton rouge-based presonus is online at presonus.com out to lunch is a production of ino broadcasting and wwno for itsneworleans.com and wwno 89.9 fm I'm Peter Rusciutti. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye.
0: Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, and Luba Workers' Comp.